0: Today on the Zabecast, welcome to the sweet smells and sounds of summer in sportsland. Spoiler alert, if you hate baseball, eh, maybe this is not the episode for you. That said, Mr. X comes in, we have a good discussion on just how to watch and listen to the sport and not get bored to tears. All that, plus a $40 million lesson in procrastination. Your digital dose of extra me is buckled up, so let's go, and I think I botched it. here we go! Monday, June 24th, 2019. Ah, fuck it. Why redo the Open? It's summer, everybody. No need to do that. You probably got a good laugh out of it. Welcome aboard. Thank you for downloading. Let's get right into it. So I'm back home after a week in lovely Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, doing home shows for the new 97.3 The Game. Get it on the iHeart app and enjoy. Uh, We're working on getting it delivered to iTunes. Thank you for all the feedback on that. Just hang tight for a little bit. In that regard, I'm back and god damn, I'm still tired. Still tired. I don't know what's going on. I think it could be a lot of different things. You know, I, I, do, I do have uh, rheumatoid arthritis and I take medication for it and it's done wonders in at least helping stop uh, my joint pain and dysfunction from getting worse. But I know I need to really dig in lifestyle wise and diet wise to try to beat this thing back any further because you know it's uh it's a progressive disease it doesn't get any better certainly not on its own you can in some cases although i think it's rare achieve what they consider to be remission from this but this is just another you know for, we all have diseases at least all of us that are over a certain age and we all have burdens to bear and this is mine but you know the one of the you know features of uh, RA is that you're going to have these spikes and you're going to have these times in which you are more fatigued and your joints feel a little bit more achy and that's just the way it is. Maybe it's a symptom of that or, or as my wife believes, I just ran myself into the ground last week uh, up there in Milwaukee. Also, some would say, hey, dummy, you're running yourself into the ground with two shows. And I would say, yeah, to a certain extent, you're right. But I love I love doing both shows. I could give up one of the two shows. I went for many number of years without two full shows. Well not many, but what was it 2016 when my last stint on National Radio ended. I can do both shows. Yeah, till you die. Hey. I can do both shows. I just need to dial in my life so that I'm not is, you know, not burning on fumes, but the thing is when I was up there I couldn't just do the morning show, go back to the hotel, and take a big, meaty nap. Two, three-hour nap would have been fantastic. I was out on sales calls, and I was happy to do so because there's a lot of advertisers interested in advertising with the game, and uh, a lot of clients that many of them know me and are pretty much going to advertise anyway, but it's nice to make that sales call and meet them. And then there's some prospects where they don't really know me, and they, they want to get a feel for what's going on. So I... Since I'm not up there, but once a month for about a week or so, and that's kind of my schedule, I make myself totally available to anyone in the sales department to go out on calls Well, they loaded the boat. I mean, it was like three a day, bing, bang, boom, 10, And by the time I was done with that, I'd get back to the station and the studio and have to get ready for the afternoon show. It was a long week. And then I did shit at night. And then uh, by the end of the week when I was really, really tired, I did something stupid which was go to see Carrie Underwood with Josh, and we had a good time. But, you know, Uh, at the end of the week, I was taking 20-minute naps on the couch in the bullpen at the station just before I went on the air at 3 o'clock because I said, you know what, I'll take it. I'll not want to wake up after 20 minutes, but I'll take it. I was taking car naps again. Somebody, whoever it was that gave me this nickname, please raise your hand and let me know. Somebody joked to me, Yeah, you're like Carnap the Magnificent. (laughs) And those are not good either. I can sleep with my seat reclined. And if I do get 20 or 30 minutes, it does help me out a lot. But it's not good. So at the end of the week, one last whammy was my flight out of town at 7.30 local time was delayed until 10.30. Oh, dagger. So... After another car nap of about an hour and then killing some time, putting and chipping over at New Berlin Hills Golf Course, I then proceeded down to the airport. Flying Southwest, I know people who fly a lot and I'm sure they're going to say, you're fucking crazy for saying this, but I'll say it anyways. I love Southwest. I love Southwest. Are they perfect? Of course not. But you know what? They have employees that treat you like you would want to be treated. They have employees with personality and with a sense of, hey, you know what? I would feel the same way. For example, I I don't know why the flight was delayed three hours. I think it's because, I mean, the weather was fine in Milwaukee, it was fine in D.C. It was probably somewhere along the supply chain of airplanes, and wherever my plane was coming from, they had weather issues. Shit, it happens. I'm just glad that they got out late at night. I didn't, I mean, I, I cared. I wished it was would have been on time, but I was just glad we got out of town. Southwest gave me, without even asking or without even bitching, a $100 travel voucher for the inconvenience. I'm like, son of a bitch. I don't think Delta, those savages, would have ever done this. I don't think those, those wet naps at uh, American would have done anything like this. They probably wouldn't have even cared. The person at the uh, check-in counter apologized for the flight being so late. I said, oh, I'm, no apologies needed unless you're the one that caused it to be late. And she laughed. Then I heard an announcement at the gate. They said, anyone who's on this flight who has not received their voucher yet, please come report to the desk immediately. I'm like, wow, they're begging people to come get their $100 voucher. I'm sure that those jackanapes apes over at United wouldn't have done such a thing, unless I'm wrong. And then once I was on the airplane itself, which was mercifully only a third full, so everyone had room to spread out and relax, the flight attendant apologized and said, I'm sorry we're so late tonight. I'm like, Jesus, it just made you feel better as a traveler. Now, does that really matter when the rubber meets the road if you're a heavy volume traveler? and especially if you're someone who wants to make sure you've got the seat you want. One thing that I'm tough at, I, I don't do, do do very well, is I don't check in 24 hours prior. That whole game of... And I know you can pay for certain upgrades. You can just say, well, check me in early, blah, blah, blah. You know my strategy, though, in Southwest anyway, is to lurk back in the late Bs so I can choose you. So that either the flight won't even be full, in this case it wasn't, and you sit wherever you're comfortable, or if... A flight is going to have pretty much every seat, but a few seats full. Pick the people you want to sit next to: a nice, clean, trim businessman in a suit who's not going to cause trouble; uh, a ninety-year-old a, a grandmother sitting there kn- macraméing or or knitting a sock. You want to sit next to her. You don't want to get your seat like I'm a ten, and you go sit down. I got my preferred aisle seat or my preferred window seat, and then some monster some burrito-eating lumberjack plops down right next to you, starts his man-spreading. That's my strategy, at least. I'm sticking to it. So this weekend I got home, and I got home at 2 a.m., and I had to wake up, and my daughter was going off to this thing called Governor's School in Virginia, and uh, she was leaving with Mom at 8 a.m., and I thought, oh, well, six hours in my own bed, that'll be great. (laughs) When I woke up at 8 a.m. to say goodbye to her after six hours in my own bed after getting home at 2 a.m., Felt like I hadn't slept at all. I felt worse waking up than I did when I went to bed. Oif. I took a huge nap on Saturday afternoon. Went to bed at 10 o'clock Saturday night. Woke up at 6.37. That should be eight plus hours. Did the golf show with the boys on 9.80. Took a nap on the couch. Hour and a half. Had a hard time waking up. Finally did. Went and did some things. blah, blah. Blah took another nap watching golf in the air-conditioned basement for about two hours almost. And I'm tired right now. It's probably cumulative sleep deficit, if you believe in that. I still have a hard time believing in it. Like, so your body really adds up all the sleep and until you finally get back to even? Is that how? Maybe it is. Anyway, your thoughts and comments are certainly appreciated. Enough sleep talk. Let's talk some baseball, everybody. The legendary Mr. X. Hello, Zane. (laughs) What's with the... the What's with the dramatic non-response?
1: I I'm just waiting to be guided. I'm here for you, man.
0: <laughs> you don't pick up the phone and say, uh, hello? You knew it was me, though, and you knew I was calling, right? You were waiting yes. for the big introduction, weren't you? Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. boys and girls, put it, put your hands together for the man known as Mr. Rex. There you go. There's the proper intro. How I you...
1: feel so much better now. I, I feel know. good
0: now. How you better? I, I I feel like I've missed a week with you, haven't I?
1: Oh, we've missed two weeks, but who's counting?
0: You are counting, because you are <laughs> very sensitive I get, I about your two. minutes.
1: Uh, come on, I get to do. <laughs> I, if oh. gets over that, I run out of trouble.
0: But You, you also were in Maine, opening I up was. your parents' cottage for the summer. and That's you right. were
1: the last, the last time we spoke, I was on the New Jersey Turnpike. That was a challenge.
0: That's right. Hey, did you actually pull over for me?
1: Uh, the first half I was rolling. I felt a little. Uh, I did see rest stops, so I did pull over for the last half of the talk.
0: Okay. And how was how was Maine?
1: Uh, it, was good. it was good. I mean, if they, you know, doing work never good, but we got it done and got a couple casino days in. I was going to uh, say, how
0: was the tiny casino that sometimes only opens craps tables halfway?
1: It was tinier than ever.
0: Shut up. <laughs>
1: Oh, it was it was good. I was I was the only guy there most of the time. It was Re- it was fun.
0: One man casino.
1: Yeah, every now and then somebody would come and go, but I was kind of. I was like, I mean, I would say to them, "When I leave, you guys are going home, aren't <laughs> you?" <laughs> and they're like, "Well, probably."
0: Did they have a dice table up and running with only you?
1: I was there. I was. I was. I think. I think for. I played two different days and. of the time, I might have been the only guy throwing.
0: Wow. Dice, you know, playing dice by yourself is pointless. It can be done. Yeah. But it's hard to find a table that way. That's not the point of craps. The point of craps is to be there in a big communal effort to stand around and to cheer on guys who are hot rolling the dice.
1: yeah, that's true, but see, I do it both ways. There's no question, that, as you said, you know, you go to Vegas and get a big old hot table and a lot of hooting and and that's a lot of fun. But a math guy like me, I, I don't mind playing by myself on the table. I'm okay, okay. at it. And I'll tell you, man, I, I, had a, I had the first time, at one point I looked at the pit boss guy and I said, you know, this might because this, this young guy came up, I think he had a few, he didn't know what he was doing. He actually threw a chip in the middle. And they said, what's that for? And he said, hard
0: five. <laughs> Shut up.
1: <laughs> I'm not kidding.
0: That's a pit. That's then, a dealer joke, you know, the odd number know, hard this ways. This
1: wasn't even a joke the guy left. And I, and I said to the pit boss, I said, I'm not a young man. I've never seen anybody ask for a hard
0: five. <laughs> he, he so, this. i he, I'm sure he meant hard 10, which is too. I fives. don't think he really.
1: That's what they ended up talking to me, too. But okay.
0: he didn't know he was yeah. so, but anyways, but it was good. I'm
1: home now, and all's good. All
0: right, so uh, we're going to talk baseball Over the protestations of a small but vocal segment of our ZabeCast listenership who will email me and say, too much baseball. We're going to talk baseball for a couple of reasons. One, it is your wheelhouse. And two, it's all we got now for a couple of of months. It's that time of year. And I wanted to get into a discussion with you about the nature of baseball and watching it and I just w- I don't know how you're going to go on this but I'm going right. to throw this out at you and then we'll see where the discussion goes and we're going to talk about the utter disaster for the nats that was the Trevor Rosenthal era and and one of the most clueless quotes I've ever read from an athlete in Rosenthal literally hours before his ass was sent packing but that's for a little bit down the road okay, okay baseball. So I sit down on Saturday night and think what am I watching? And I said, you know, the Nats are on Fox Network Fox, although it was not Joe Buck. He was like their B team announcing on TV. I don't know who it is. Were you watching on TV on Saturday night?
1: Was not. Okay. I was helping my son move to a new apartment. So Good
0: for busy. you, God. You you must be sore by the way. All this moving and unpacking
1: well i'm I'm more in the supervisory mode
0: oh (laughs) okay good 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 so i'm watching the game on tv and i'll admit mr x i don't watch a lot of baseball on tv in fact i don't watch a lot of regular season baseball i watch the postseason i I gobble that up but i don't watch regular season baseball i don't go to baseball games hardly at all either does that make me not a real baseball fan uh you be the judge but I do love postseason baseball. I think it's in- intoxicating. So I'm watching sure. the game, and I am quickly getting bored as fuck. And to make it worse, the announcers on Saturday night decided they were going to do a dugout interview with Dallas Keuchel, the new member of the Atlanta Braves, one day after he made his debut. Okay. And the Dallas Keuchel interview went on for almost the entire inning, and it was so fucking boring hearing Dallas Keichel give a bunch of baseball player jock speak answers about everything, that I was screaming at the TV, would you just call the fucking game already? It annoyed me to no end. It was like a boring sandwich with an extra slice of boring in Dallas Keichel in an interview put in between the two pieces of boring bread.
1: That's called network broadcast.
0: <laughs> okay. Now, There's
1: a big difference between you know them trying to do a network game of the week and, and cater to that market versus your good home crew announcers. So that doesn't surprise me that they don't know what else to do but try to fill that slot.
0: Okay. Yet. Well, you know, the thing was the Nats had something brewing. In fact, they ended up, yes. Rendon hit a bloop to left, got on base. It ended up with a Juan Soto triple. A triple, by the way, that cleared the bases and gave the Nats their big early lead that Rosenthal would later light on fire in the span of about 13 pitches. But we'll get to that in a second. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, fuck nuts. A guy just hit a triple to you know stake the home team to a big lead. You guys barely called it. You only cut short, Keichel, because of the action. You suck. You're the worst. I felt like I was Phil Mushnick in the New York Post who always rails on this kind of stuff because he's such a baseball purist. Yeah. Anyway, so it dawned on me as I'm watching baseball, you know, pitch in there, it's a ball. Do it again. Pitch in there, called strike, no swing. Okay, one and one. Do it again. Pitch in there, fouled away, and it's two and one. Pitch in, you know, you'll have at bats that go on for sometimes upwards of seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12 pitches, right? Sure. And it dawned on me that baseball, Mr. X, has the most action that
1: does not count
0: of any sport and it has action that doesn't count that is paced the slowest in between those actions that don't count of any sport
1: possibly i'll ask you this uh i don't get it anymore but a few years ago i'd get those um football games, shortcuts that took about 24 minutes to watch every play of the game. Yes. And those were fabulous. You watched, I don't need all the, in- so the three and a half hour football game is 24 minutes of actual plays in
0: Live. It might be so more it might be more, than, it might be more than it might be more than twenty four, I'm not sure. You're right. Instantly, well, okay. instantly I can yeah. hear the baseball people caping up right now, typing out their angry emails to me, saying, Oh yeah, well football, they stand around for 40 seconds in between plays. I grant you that. And some will say, Yeah, but the three yard dive on third and fifteen because the coach is too much of a coward to try to throw it on that down, that's the same thing as a foul ball. It's essentially a play that doesn't count. And I say, well, it could turn into a huge play. The guy could fumble, could get returned for a touchdown. The counter to that is, yeah, but every pitch that's a foul ball or a ball or a swinging strike or a non-swinging strike could be a home run. And I say, okay, fair point. But it just is that in baseball, each at bat is the unit of action. And buried in the subunit of the action is a lot of shit that doesn't count.
1: No doubt. I think if you actually, like, what I was questioning was if you actually, if anybody ever made the same kind of thing for a baseball game where only the ball in play was on the broadcast, some kind of short take thing like they do in football.
0: Oh, right, ben, a it's condensed com- game. It's
1: comparable. The difference is you're showing the balls in play, and it's probably less time for. But if you're showing every pitch, it's longer than that 24, 25-minute football game. Problem is what it is is every pitch you're like – Is something
0: going to happen
1: here? No. No. Is something
0: going to happen here? No. No. And then you got things like the throw to first to keep the runner from taking too big of a lead that has a success rate of 0.0192%, right? Or something like that. Yeah, right. But it's like a necessary thing. It's almost like baseball hygiene. you got to do it every now and then. And I think, oh, there's another play that doesn't count. But then I started thinking about, okay, hockey. Countless times in a hockey game, a guy skates up ice, tries to deke a dude, tries to get into the zone, has it poke-checked away, team goes the other way. Isn't that the equivalent of a foul ball?
1: Yeah, you just talk you so fast, you never know what's coming. It's more a case of, hey, skate to the center line, dump, line change. Okay, big deal.
0: Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so that's... I was just I was just sitting there trying to alleviate my boredom, my double boredom of a, a baseball game in June for a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs. And a Dallas Keichel interview that went on way too fucking That's long. Brutal. And I was yeah. just, I was just thinking about it. That said, I thought about postseason baseball, and I think the reason that I, it's much more palatable to me is that, yes, there are plenty of foul balls, wasted pitches, time spent doing whatever, but the stakes are very high. These are short series, potentially short series. Oh, they're all they're all. Are they all seven now, or is the first round still five?
1: No, they're sevens now.
0: They are sevens. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's you know it's still it's uh it's high leverage as they like no, as the wrong. kids like to say I, in I'm baseball. To,
1: I'm totally wrong. First round's three out of five.
0: So the first round still is three. Yeah. Yep,
1: they I'm changed sorry.
0: the three NBA. The NBA is now yeah. all seven, and that right. was yeah you know, okay. So you're talking about a potentially short series. Every pitch and every at bat matters, and so if you're rooting for your team, sure. i.e. our Nats or your Red Sox. Or maybe the Brewers. Then you are hunkered down and you're living and dying by each pitch.
1: Sure. Let me put it this way, Zabe. You're a. I, I think of it. I think of baseball as this. Now, you're a music guy.
0: You like music, right? Uh, no. I mean, I'm not huge, yeah. but I do.
1: More than me, I don't. But there are certain songs, or better yet, artists, where you're like, "Oh, let me listen to this song," and it gets your attention. But then there's albums or music that you'll playlist that you'll put on in the background. It's not thrilling, but you'll put it on in the background. That to me is baseball okay. the
0: season. So, I turn
1: on that TV, but I don't sit down for three hours and watch a damn baseball game. Heck no. Well, maybe but that's, it's what, I was, on maybe that's what I was. Maybe that's what I was. One reason. Right. Maybe that's so what that I was. This is, yeah. It's on so that Mrs. X can walk in going, can I change this? And I'm like, no. I'm Just, not watching it, but I'm watching it. You know no, I mean?
0: no. I, I hear you on that, and I will often... I mean, I've got the Cardinals game on. It's on muted, muted now, but I have it here in my office as I was doing some prep work, and I don't give a shit about the Cardinals and whoever they're... Oh, the Angels, yeah, because holes came back, which we'll talk about in a second. Ah, yeah. So in other words, maybe I was doing it wrong. Maybe by sitting... In front of my TV, with nothing else going on, not even my phone in my hand, as I was watching a June baseball game. Yeah. That that probably you have to be really really into baseball to be really really into that.
1: I think you're right. I think there's a this is petty, but there's that big difference between local broadcasts and that. Okay, broadcast. yeah, you're right. There's great local broadcasters that know how to have. Wit and satire and things that make you kind of chuckle. Because well, they'd be giving me talking forever, right? But if you try to do a national broadcast and and cater to the national market, both teams to get Dallas Kuyper yeah. bullshit like you're I know. talking about.
0: Well, and yeah. you know, and and there used to be something called Monday Night Baseball, as you and I remember, following the runaway pop culture phenomenon success of Monday Night Football. Which debuted in what seventy 70- two. Two. No, seventy. Seventy. Nineteen right. seventy, right. Yep. At some point in the late seventies, ABC said, Why don't we do this for baseball? It was not yep. as well received or long lived. And maybe there's there's that to it. See, what one thing that I realized and you talk about this local versus national, for me consuming nationals baseball is a good nutritional habit for me as a talk show host in DC, I'll pick up on things and learn factoids that I otherwise might not know. So it's like eating a salad. So if I had on Bob Carpenter and F P Santangelo on Masson, then I would be able to get more narrative on here's Soto. Here's what he's doing lately. Here's, you know, blah, blah, sure. blah, this, that, or the other. Instead, the networks just jammed Dallas Keichel down my neck for a whole inning.
1: Exactly. And to close that, I think the point is, even if I was, let's say you were traveling and you don't, it's not your team, but you're watching the Rangers and the Astros. I'd rather watch one of their local broadcasts because they're just better suited. Sure. That national broadcast.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. And, and, uh, and you know what? A lot of people I know listen to baseball more than they watch it because it is something you can process with your like background brain processing as you're in your garage. Or on your yep, boat, what I call or anything background
1: else. music. Yeah. Even if it's on TV, it's kind of background music for yeah. me.
0: Okay. It- that said, let's talk about this fucking debacle on Saturday night. So i I got bored after five to one, turned it off, went. I think I went to bed early. I was still exhausted, and so uh, it was only when I woke up the next morning to find out. Oh yeah, the Nats blew that lead five one. They blew an eight to four lead, and then for good oh, measure, yes. they blew one more lead, a nine to eight lead to lose thirteen to eleven or whatever the final score was. And the and the big shit stain on the game was Trevor Rosenthal. Trevor Rosenthal, yeah. Who who gave up three walks in a row.
1: On fifteen pitches.
0: In an eight to four game. So the the team has been looking for soft spots to reintroduce Rosenthal, who struggled with his command this year. Got sent down to the minors for his last send down. Has been brought back up, and they're like, okay, or no, they didn't send him down. They said he was injured with a virus, right?
1: The um the new IL list, yes,
0: yeah. So so Rosenthal, we we, we bought him for seven million. It's a virus
1: million- that makes you not throw a strike. That's what the <laughs> yes. virus is.
0: Uh, we bought him for a, a one-time price of $7 bucks for one year. Formerly of the Cardinals. He used to be this great closer, right? Yeah. And then he had Tommy John surgery. Yeah. And so now he's coming back off of this, and he has sucked this year. He sucked the biggest suck that ever sucked a suck. And then after walking three guys in 15 pitches and nearly hitting Acuna in the head on the last pitch he threw – before getting the hook, here's what he said after the game. Ready? Quote. Did you see this quote?
1: No. You'll
0: <laughs> you like to. Don't be drinking milk, Mr. X. It'll come up oh. through your nose. Ready? Okay. All Rosenthal, Saturday night. Yeah, looking back at it, after I came out of the inning, it was really a small mechanical tweak that I think will be an easy fix, he said. <laughs> it's just a matter of timing. And it just seemed like I was a little bit early on my timing and trying to make an adjustment and get everything to sync up. Just wasn't able to get there quite quick enough. But I think it'll be something uh, come back tomorrow. I'll be able to figure out fairly easily. You're cut. <laughs> you that are so like, cut. You know, no, no, you're yeah, not coming yeah. back tomorrow no. to figure it out. No, it's not going to be fairly easily. You kidding not- me?
1: It sounds like the famous Dan Quisenberry line when he said, "I discovered a delivery in my flaw."
0: (laughs) Oh my God, I never heard that one. That's pretty funny. Now, hey,
1: to tell you to tell you this though, I was I was actually I had flipped on my um, the cast on my phone when they were up eight four, and I saw Rosenthal coming in the game, and I was like, "Oh well, okay, let's give him a try." And before I got an update, uh, my son from a few hours away texts me and says, oh, my God, Rosenthal, he was watching on TV. Rosenthal's the worst. He just walked three guys on 15 pitches. And my response was, but the three strikes were really good ones. <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, you know, the guy God. throws 100. He throws a 100. He does. Yeah, and, and I'll say this. I only saw him pitch in person once this year, early in the year, and this sounds a little bit silly, but when you're sitting, let's say it's pretty near home plate, the difference between 95 and 100 is just mind-boggling. What? You know, you sit there and, you, and 95, 92, 97, it's the same. All of a sudden you're like, whoa, what was that? When a guy comes in throwing 100, it's just it seems like a hell of a difference. And I saw him come in throwing a 100. Of course, he can't miss a bat. And it, I was like, man, you know, I understand why you want to give extra time and whatever to a guy that's bringing it like he can bring it. But when you come in that game and you can't, I wonder, I don't know this because I didn't want, I wonder if the comments you just read contribute to the, Dude, if that's where you see this, it's time for you to go. I wonder if it's more the comments than just the performance.
0: Oh, I I think maybe so. I think the Nats, I think Rizzo might have said, okay, not only can he not find the strike zone, yeah. he can't find reality right now.
1: He can't find reality. Like, if you say, hey, I suck tonight, let's give you another try. If you think that's like a tweak here and there, <laughs> it's time to cut that <laughs> off
0: and be done with it. I know. Yeah. But here's a tough thing. And and this is where I – nobody has any sympathy for a guy who's going to make $7 million and barely pitch this year, right? Yeah. But I have sympathy as somebody who loves sports and understands how hard sports are that here's a guy who's trying his ass off and wants to be in the major leagues. He's not there just to steal $7 million. And he is going through hell right now as an athlete because he can't fucking figure out what's wrong.
1: Yeah. That's brutal. I mean, you know, when you throw that hard, you, somebody will give him another chance. But, boy, I don't know. It's, it's it's disappointing to hear comments like you just mentioned.
0: <laughs> but I bet it's because he has a mental coach who's been telling him, no, no, stay positive. Find the silver lining. Remember, that it's always darkest before the dawn. Don't give up before your miracle arrives. All this happy talk mumbo-jumbo. <laughs> you don't know. I'm you, think not a, it, man. you think there's a. You think there's a time in which you should just guys
1: over the years that just lose it. Rick Keels of you know come to right. mind. where guys can play, and all of a sudden they just get the yips and they can't do it. Yeah. But don't start. Don't start trying to dissect it and make excuses. You know, there's strikes and there's not strikes.
0: Right. Well, and then in the similar case, Jimmy Nelson for the Brewers has spent over a year battling back from a serious arm injury and well-loved in the clubhouse, fan favorite, gets back to the bigs this year, and he does not have it. He can't handle it. So they've already demoted him to the bullpen, and he's got to know that this is my last stop before I might get bounced, and that might be my career. That's incredible pressure, man. I I don't care how much these guys are making. It's mind-boggling to me.
1: Yep, yeah. for sure. And All now right. we have Nets.
0: And then we have the Mets.
1: No, Nets, N-E-T-S.
0: Oh, let's talk about that because okay. you you go to games at Nats Park and you sit in areas in which there used to not be netting but there will be netting in the future. Your thoughts?
1: Um, You know, I only uh, an hour ago I was listening to your cast where you were uh, not happy about this decision. I don't have an issue with it. Really? I think it's overdue. I have no issue with it. I think this, you know, the BS about, oh, it clouds my view, you know, it bothers me for 11 seconds, and then you watch the game. And you know what? It's, yes, you can't stop every injury, and you get as you said, but this, I've seen so many gruesome injuries just myself that if putting up the net, You know, Today, everybody's sitting on the damn phone texting, and they get hit by line drives. Forget about the five-year-olds, the grown-ups. If you put up the net and and you take away these injuries, I can't be against that. It does not. The only thing it really impedes is guys flipping your baseballs. They can't throw your baseballs anymore because there's a net in the way. But it does not make a damn bit of difference on the view. And Uh, if it makes people say, I sit right behind that dugout, and you know what? I forget. I remember the day they put the net up. I thought, wow, look at that net in my view. By the second game, I'd forgotten it was there. I don't even remember anymore. And by the way, you know, like at least at Mass Park, they put up nets now all the way down the line, almost to the foul poles for batting practice every day. And then they take them down when BP is done.
0: Well, that's BP So now there. they I
1: guess they're just going to – yeah, but what I'm saying is I don't sit there in BP and go, hey, man, I can't see. It's fine. Here's I the, don't care.
0: Here's the problem I really have. Baseball has been played for a long, long time. There is nothing that I understand to be fundamentally different to the number of balls that go vectoring out of bounds than in the past. So my question is, why now? This is a sport, before you answer, hold on a second, this is a sport that is now being data-driven more than ever. I don't see any data that says, now this is an increasing problem. I don't see a single chart that says, see how the number of cracked craniums is steadily on the rise. I don't see it. So this is a decision based on an yeah. anecdotal incident that is is going to affect the view of a lot of people who are not, in fact, in harm's way. Okay, I'll shut up now.
1: Yeah, no, I, I understand that point. I think the impact is so much more is so much less than what people say. It's like every change. People complain. Every time you change something, they complain, and a day or two later, it's gone. Well, I don't think it has much impact. And by the way, I don't need a lot of crack craniums. One crack cranium is, you know, if you've got a solution, use the solution. I'm okay with it. I don't
0: care. Okay. But you're one guy, though. There are people, uh, my friend Scott Shirey from Houston says he's got tickets in that zone. For the Astros, and he's told his ticket rep, you put those nets up, you can cancel my tickets right then and there. By the way, Houston has announced no plans, even though they were the stadium in which the little girl got hit. No plans, they say, to put up nets all the way to the foul poles.
1: For the record... I know Scott, and I'm taking you over. He's not canceling it. <laughs> That's
0: right. You met Scott. You met Shirey out at Zayve uh, Vegas. You know him. Yeah, he's all. not canceling <laughs> yeah, it. He's, he's such a fanboy. When the, when the Astros won the World Series two years ago, Scott Shire literally bought $700 worth of championship merchandise. I mean, everything. Hats, sweatshirts, pennants, Christmas ornaments, you name it. Yeah. <laughs> and See, right now sitting, right now the astros are in a in a tailspin so yeah
1: but they're the best team i remember sitting years ago i used to sit behind the net out at cap center um for hockey games i had season tickets but right behind the goal five rows up
0: you mean after and, they put the nets up
1: well they had the little net but they don't have what nearly what they had now they always had a little bit of a net but it was not much
0: oh. and people
1: got drilled but all the time and by the way hit a black puck 100 miles an hour into a darkly a dark arena and and see what you can do right and i can remember being with people that got drilled and and when they put those nets up oh my god everybody complained. i can't see it's dark you can't even tell the nets up it's fine you know yeah but they progress is progress
0: okay but that that is you're talking about a much more catastrophic event like you said a vulcanized frozen heavy rubber biscuit going way faster than foul balls Yes. And you can't and see way, it, can't track it.
1: Yeah, and the foul ball thing. You know what? I, I We had this discussion this week because when forget the wicked line drives and the net protecting. All the times that you miss foul balls and everyone gives you grief but can't catch it, it's because there's 11 hands in my face and I can't see
0: it. <laughs> yeah, there is that. I had a
1: ball, I had a ball hit the other night. Um, my kids and I were there on my birthday, and I'm sitting in my seat, in the behind home plate in the club and a ball went up and I reached with one hand and it went a eh, foot over my hand and my son says dad all you got to do is stand up and that's your ball <laughs> right and I you, wait
0: and- a foul ball went over your head while you were seated and you didn't stand up
1: oh no I was sitting in the club in one hand. I reached up with the other hand. It was spinning. And I thought, I might reach this. I might. And then went about a foot over my head, one hop to a guy behind me. He goes, you're so lazy. Stand up and that's your ball. And what I said to him was, number one, if I wanted the ball, I just stood up. And number two, because they have them in the – I always say they have them in the gift shop. And number two – I said, you don't make Sports Center by standing up and catching the ball. You make sport Center by leaning nonchalantly and catching it in one hand. That's all I care about. If it's farther away from me than that, I don't care.
0: Remember the uh, remember the chick in Chicago who caught the foul ball in her beer cup, yeah. and was yes. an instant viral meme, and then chugged the rest of her beer afterwards. Yeah. There's yeah. dudes who have caught balls while holding a baby, which oh, I think yeah. is one of the all time boss moves. Uh, I would want to catch. A home run ball, no question. Foul ball, who the fuck cares? That's yeah, a yeah. that's a warm-up puck at a yeah, hockey game. Yeah. You're like, oh, great, you got standing, a warm-up yeah. puck, big deal.
1: I'm not standing up for it, no. Nope. Yeah. yeah, well, that's <laughs> the right. The best one ever was the guy at spring training who had the little boy in the wagon in left center, and when he let go of the wagon to catch the ball, and the wagon went down <laughs> the hill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's like focus, man. You're there taking care of a kid. So that's
1: when you just hope the wife does not watch Sports Center. All
0: right. So you uh you mentioned Nets, and I thought you said Mets because there's two oh. news items on the Mets this week. Uh one was back earlier in the week, they fired their pitching coach and hired an eighty two year old dude to replace him. Eighty two.
1: Yeah. Well, I say this all the time. Whenever you see a bullpen coach, a pitching coach, a bench coach, you see somebody get fired, the first thing people write about is, oh, as if it's like his fault that you're losing. And what I always say is, say, every job in the world, you have a boss that you really shouldn't piss off. Right. And if you do, you get fired. Not because the company's losing money because of you, but because you work here and I'm annoyed with you. So when I see these guys fire bench coaches and pitching coaches, I don't know that that's the case here, but it's like, yeah, okay. You know, you don't see eye to eye with the boss. It's time for you to go. It's right. Just, that's life.
0: But there are certain jobs in sports that are like sacrificial jobs that or, too. or sure. where they say, you know, we're going to have to fire somebody because the effect of firing a pitching coach who the staff might have liked is to sure. shake people up to go, hey, listen up, fuck nuts this is a real real job here and that buddy you had who was your coach he'd gone so straighten up and but fly so, right.
1: I just think that sometimes it's a matter of you know there's every every company in the world has personality differences and sometimes the changes are just not as big a deal as they sound
0: yeah uh Phil yeah. Regan is the name of the guy who's 82 and he played with Roger Maris.
1: oh yeah Regan he, they hired him.
0: I'm yeah. sorry.
1: I assumed he was dead.
0: 82-year-old former Orioles manager, yeah. Phil Regan. Yeah. Good for him. You know, yeah. 82. <laughs>
1: was it a long-term contract?
0: <laughs> exactly. And then the Mets made news this weekend because manager Mickey Calloway and one of their players got into it with a beat reporter. Uh, Calloway said, get that cocksucker out of here and said, don't be a smartass and, to this reporter. And then the player I forget who it was. I'll look it up right now. Threatened to beat him up. And I said, what's old is new again. Welcome to Bobby Bonilla and Bob Klappich of the Ber- Bergen record. It's just all over again with the same franchise.
1: Yeah. I um, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah, obviously, they you know, he's, he's in a little trouble for that. And he can't go there. But I, I think there's nothing, digressing slightly, there's nothing in sports more overrated than managers handling press conferences well i don't care really? you know they they used to always say that joe torrey was the perfect manager for new york because of how he handled the media and i always said that's great doesn't translate to a single win not a one yeah and and media like it when you're a guy that can handle the press conference as well but you know what i don't care if you're if you're handling it well or you're not handling it well, just, you know, I'm sorry. I'll be, just win.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Uh, the Mets, it was Mets starter Jason Vargas who said oh. he would knock the guy out. Uh, Vargas, I'm looking at his picture. What a weird-looking dude he is. He looks semi-homeless, that guy. Okay. Anything else on baseball before we put it to bed? This is going to be the least-liked podcast we've had in a long time for people that hate baseball. But I've enjoyed the discussion, Mr. X., i have enjoyed it so fuck all the haters i got
1: a i got a real know, the last one i got from one of my tweets last week i got a lot of grief we went to that doubleheader game against philly i don't know i know there's a difference between paid attendance and fannies in the seats but it's getting silly we actually counted roughly the attendance at that afternoon game wednesday yeah and i came up with 2800 what yeah, 2,800.
0: Wasn't it a nice afternoon?
1: It was a beautiful afternoon. Of course, it, it was supposed to rain, but it didn't. Right. And there was 20, around 2,800 fannies in the seat. And, of course, people were responding all over Twitter like, how long did that take you? And then my response was five outs. Okay.
0: <laughs> right. It only
1: took five. And, and yet, you know what the announced attendance was for that day? 18 what? grand. 18,000.
0: Why do they do that?
1: I don't know. It's almost like, like who are they don't want people to know. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Why why wouldn't they announce turnstile? That'd be an accurate piece of information. Yes. And then you could at least know. I mean, I don't know. Here's the larger question. Is there any shame in a hastily scheduled day-night doubleheader from a rainout the night before, only drawing 2,800 fans in a market the size of Washington, D.C. or market number five or eight Mm -hmm. or something like that?
1: No, I hear you. I think that's still pretty low. I mean, you. I mean, if you, you know, that's that's pretty. That's that's the lowest I've ever been a part of. Right. And that was Monday rainout on a Wednesday game. But still, I guess every game I've been to this year, I've looked around and said, because I I know how many people are there. I, I know that park. I swear they're exaggerating like hell every day.
0: I don't know. Oh why. yeah, no question. I don't know why. No yeah. question. And putting up nets, Mister X ain't gonna help it's just gonna gonna, it's you say it ain't gonna hurt you're wrong it scrubs a little bit of speed it's like nascar you don't want to scrub speed off of the of the car in any way shape or form it just slows things down just a bit now did i see the tweet of you was that your son wearing the bryce harper jersey that had trader taped over the name maybe (laughs) (laughs) maybe and he was the one jumping up to pump his fist at bryce harper's third strikeout of the night
1: that was, that maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like Harper, but not everyone in the family is uh, on board. With
0: you that, wanted so. to re-sign him, and right now he's not doing much. I mean, since that early season ser- series against the Nats, he has been a minus player for his historical averages.
1: Yeah, well, he's 25. I, I He's still a generational player, and I, I, just to clarify, I don't care if they signed him or didn't sign him you know if you can afford him great if you don't think he fits in your budget let him go the bs they did of trying to pretend they made an offer on the last day of the season that's just that's the part that rubs me wrong i, I can't blame him at all for that
0: yeah all right so let's talk one non baseball thing before okay. we let you out of here today what do you have non baseball
1: um non baseball draft we got an nba draft
0: you wanna talk uh, you really wanna talk about that?
1: Nah, three UVA guys going was kinda nice. How do you feel um, about
0: DeAndre Hunter as a pro? You
1: know, he's gonna be actually he I thought all along he would go forward to the Lakers before they made that trade, and I thought he would be absolutely what LeBron needed. He's the he's one of those guys that can be really, really good on the right team or can disappear on the wrong team, and that may very well be Atlanta if that's right. where he is. Um, but you know, he can shoot the corner three and he can defend anyone. He's that new breed of player that he can defend every player on the floor. Whether you're ten or six, three, you can defend them all. And that's kind of the direction the game's going these days. No more positions, just three players.
0: and D it's all yep. about three and D you gotta be able to shoot yep. and you gotta be able to defend because yep. the best players in college who can't defend at the NBA level, they can't afford to put you out there. It's like putting Trevor Rosendahl right. out there to pitch for you. Can't do it. Won't do it.
1: And there's a difference between that corner three and the top three because it's a lot closer, and he can hit that corner three. So, but uh, you know what? But going to a team like isn't it Atlanta? That took yes, him? Yeah, it's Atlanta. He, he, could dis- he could disappear there.
0: All right, Mr. X. Yep. Good to talk to you. You're back on the okay. rotation, and uh, we're okay. going to work on the Zabe Washington get together because you are Me really too. pushing hard for it, and i I'm 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 into the idea. But I want to make sure it's great, not just good or okay. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm,
0: with, I'm, I'm good with great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll work on that. This is a This Week project now that I'm back home, all right? That sounds good. All right. Thank you, Mr. X. Okay. Take care. There you go. Yeah, I applaud Mr. X for saying, you know, listen, let's let's do an event here in D.C. and not make people fly out to, to to Vegas to see you and hang out with you. And I said, okay, that's great. Of course, I'm kind of cannibalizing Zabe Vegas. Not really, but still. And he had the idea of doing a rotating series. This summer, it's going to be Zabe Washington. And next summer, it's going to be Zabe Walkie. And so... The blending of these two families of mine now, the D.C. sports family who I've had for many years, and same thing with the Milwaukee family that I've had for many years, and now I've brought over to a new venture and a new station, that like the Brady Bunch, we get these two families together. And so Mr. X was saying, why don't we get a a, a little event centered around when the Brewers come to town? in August, and he was talking about renting out a suite. Have I talked about all this on the ZabeCast yet, or is this new? Uh, just let me know. Anyway, the problem is uh, those suites are super expensive, and I think they'd be too expensive for your average fan. I think we talked about this with Mr. X last time. But there's other ways to do it. There's other ways to skin the cat, and we're uh, we're exploring that. And it would be kind of fun and kind of cool if that we did an event this year here, then next summer we'd do one in Milwaukee. So maybe a number of Zabe fans from D.C. who have never been to Milwaukee are like, yeah, fuck, let's go. This will be great. Bringing the two families together. Sort of like the Brady Bunch. We'll end on this today. Talk about a dagger. Headline, Michigan man who won $80 million lottery jackpot during divorce ordered to pay his wife half. That's right, because his ex-wife was not yet his ex-wife. Richard, a.k.a. Dick Zalasco, was thrilled to learn that he won the $80 million jackpot back in 2013. However, that is until an arbitrator recently told him that only half of his winnings would be going to him and the other half would soon go to ex-wife Mary Beth, whom he was involved in a divorce settlement with. Though Dick and Mary Beth married in 2004, they share three children, they were separated for two years at the time he won the Mega Millions. Separated for two years. The Michigan Appeals Court ruled that the Pontiac native, though, must pay his ex-wife half, Eddie, half, because the divorce was not yet final. The arbitrator was granted the ability to make some decisions in the case by the couple, determined that Dick's lottery winnings were part of the marital estate and likely not his first purchased lottery ticket. How about them apples? There's one more reason to not let that divorce linger. If you've been separated for a couple of years or a couple of months or however long it is, if you're going to do it, do it. What's the saying? What must be done eventually should be done immediately. This guy learned a very expensive lesson, a $40 million lesson at that. All right, good to be home again. Thank you for being a loyal Zabecast listener, downloader, binge listener, idea generator, feedback provider. Send it to me at zabe at yahoo.com. I will take it all and take it all into consideration. Have yourself a great Monday here in the middle of late June in the glorious summer in which things are slowing down to a crawl, and we will see you next time.